Well, today is Mother's Day, and in honor of the spirit of mother, I'd like to talk in that vein this morning, not just to those that have given birth to children, but by the design that God has, that he created when he made woman in the first place. And the role that she was to play in the life of family, the life of her husband, the life of society. It is probably the mother that holds the the heart of humanity more than any anyone else. And that's not sliding the roles of fathers or siblings or, you know, people that touch our lives. But because many of those that touch our lives are touching us, especially in the female gender, are touching us from that spirit of a mother. Gender relativism is pushing the boundaries of what is normal. With gender neutrality. Reproductive tourism, which is just simply renting of wombs. has that great potential of the devaluation of God's creation. Both in the women, the children, and, and of course, the damaging effects it will have on, on society. So I want to speak to, and as we celebrate this day, and as you go and in your honor place to the spirit of mothers. And we invite, whether you have children or not, to celebrate the spirit of mother. The challenges and the knowledge that you have, you know, uh, much what I would say, I hope, just will stimulate, will have honor in it, an inspiration, uh, and also a confirmation. On this tribute to mothers and a mother's role. Framing this today with the concept and the idea of winning the next generation. And we need champions of motherhood. 
Because of what you face. The conflicts, the oppositions, the definition changes. And somehow, sometimes role changes that seems to make motherhood lesser than other roles. Your role that you have in family, the spirit that you need to capture and, and retain and understand in that spirit of motherhood is, is that, that, that divine and unique identity. The divine stature and the divine nature that God started this thing out with. In the image of God made he them male and female. Let us have our passage this morning found in Proverbs 31, 25, and 28. And to validate it, to inspire it, and to champion. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. In the Championing the spirit of motherhood and winning the next generation. Uh, I press the boundaries in our hearts, our minds, and our concepts. And not necessarily such new boundaries, but maybe the reclaiming of old boundaries. Your role. In building a kingdom-driven family. A kingdom-driven family in thought and, and emotion, in spirit. And the entire soul. Strength. Strength and might. 
models of virtue, in which they find ways in which, though it may not be to your children, you find ways to model. The assignments that God has gifted you for. That divine mission or assignment that's been given to you by God. the essence of who you are. That motherhood, that mother spirit that defines the unique traits that the Heavenly Father has given you. We all, or most all, not everyone, but most everyone, you know, has a fond memory. Has a very unique and powerful connection and make many, you know, tributes and acclaims to your mother. Imagine that God has, Father has given you them. And he has given you the opportunity and the privilege to partner with him in bringing life. Life to another. Future to another. The role of motherhood is, it's not a time bracket. It's a period, it's not a period between birth and adulthood. No. How many called your mother this week? Yeah, as if she's still alive. Or last week or sometime recently, you called them. Yes. But she has that influence and that ongoing, though the roles change, they serve different aspects of it. The influence of mothers really never leaves because she's the timeless teacher in the classroom of life. Even when she leaves the scene of the earth, what she has taught you begins to help you making decisions, influencing your life. And you become the catalyst of passing on, you know, the mother's spirit of yesterday, the mother's love that you learned, mother's ways that you, you know, absorbed. The influence upon lives, particularly children, but 
those even mothers in society, mothers in Israel, mothers in the sphere of life, could have been an aunt. It could have been, you know, a neighbor. But it says in our passage of Scripture that it's a work that's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Why? Because her love is a love that's very selfless. Very selfless. She is a trainer. She is a teacher. She loves and she leads. She becomes that transmission of truth and life. It was the wise men and Solomon in the same book of Proverbs, you know what I mean, that addresses and says and talks about what she taught you. What I've learned from her. It begins to play out in our life. You see, that mother spirit is, is as real as a light. It really is. Seems like they're the encouragers in the family. They teach us to believe. Believe in God. Have confidence. Trust God. The great writers of our time have, have told us that, that the fine leaders and the historic leaders are leaders that had a good God-fearing, strong influence of mothers. The neat thing about mothers and the power of their prayers that, that they have not been fulfilled, they're always on the altar of God. Yes. You remember the story of Hannah. She was childless, and yet God responds to her and tells her that your prayers have been heard and petitions have been granted. So let me divert just for a moment something that God put on my heart The family altar needs to be repaired. The family altar needs to be repaired. I don't know how you can do that in your life with the busyness of it, but altars, they bridge the family gaps. They bridge the family gaps. An altar is a place of repentance. It's a place of consecration. It's a place of recognizing the atonement of sacrifice. It is a place of access between God and you. 
An altar is a place where the manifest presence of God is found. The altar. When Elijah was on Mount Carmel, and so oftentimes when they would begin a spiritual restoration, the first thing that would take place was to repair the altar. Repair the altar. Yes, to bridge the gaps of family. I felt this word. The Lord says it is time to repair the altar that has been torn down. There are many things that have brought distraction, things that have stolen affection from the hearts of my people. Affection that belongs to me. I am pouring out tender grace by my spirit to empower my people to once again align me with their heart. I am fully devoted to you. Allow me to draw you close to my heart. Receive my love. My grace will enable you once again to focus on the things that are important and are eternal. The world is in a crisis, but I am not. Draw near to me and I will answer for mankind. I am the solution. Even as Elijah repaired the altar that was torn down, so also there will be those who raise up, I will raise up in this hour to repair the altar of devotion, the altar of intercession, the altar of consecration, and most importantly, the family altar. My church will be strong again, for I will empower those who consecrate their time and their passion at my Altar. When Elijah began to repair the altar, he set 12 stones at the base. Each one of those stones was a symbolic representation of each tribe. You need to take the stones of your children, the stones that are part of your world and place them at the base of the altar as a constant reminder, as a fresh, you know what I mean, uh, element of focus. And along with those that placements of those stones not only comes the name of your kids, and then, of course, building it as broad as you would like, 
Those stones also represent the promises that God has made concerning your stones. When you go into the scriptures and you go through the 12 tribes, which represents these 12 stones represent, you will notice that each one had various, you know, they had an overall blessing, but they also had particular blessings. Woo! And so you take those stones those particular blessings that God has said with regarding your stone. And while it's there, you are reminded of it. You are recovering it. You are praying, you know, in line with it. Sometimes it's not just more prayer time, it's more specific element of prayer. The promises, the blessings, and the instructions. Hallelujah. Yeah. We all want the promises, we all want the blessing. You know what I mean? There are instructions. Instructions. That's what repairing the altar. See, it wasn't the altar wasn't there. It was in need of repair. A return to, you know, a better form and function and, you know, purpose. The altar is where restoration takes place. It's forgiveness happens and blessings are obtained and shame is turned into joy and guilt to freedom and pain to healing. Hallelujah. Those are just not cute words or nice words. This is the promises of God. Find the promises and and apply the the directives. Yes, that potential and power of the spirit of a, a mother. mother and its power can write on the heart of a child what the rough hands of the world cannot erase yes now there sometimes can be diversion there can be distraction there can be running from it but it stands there and haunts them pointing like arrows Like a voice in the night calling them. 
trying to erase it, but it can never really get rid of it. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the spirit of a mother. Hallelujah. She's made in the image of God. She has a role in the plan of God. And she is not limited to raising children and washing dishes. You discover that quickly when you go to Proverbs 31. That's an industrious, capable. And how far-reaching that spirit of motherhood can, can actually be. Each day, you make deposits into the memory bank of your children. Each day. Like Hannah, you need to remain a part of your children's life. And though your role changes, she saw to it that she stayed in touch. Every year she would bring him a new coat. What an amazing touch to happen. I believe that as moms, you need to believe in your spirit, your children's capacity. If you remember the story of Jesus and Mary, his earthly mother. When they got to the marriage of Cana, she believed in his capacity. She said, whatever he tells you to do, you go ahead and do it. She was raising generation, kingdom influencing and Potential for the next generation. Napoleon was asked this question with regard to France. How could France be restored to its prestige, its glory? I only think we could ask that question today. You know what his words were? Give us better brothers. He's a world conqueror. Definitely wasn't a Christian. (laughs) But he says, give us better mothers. I'm not exactly surely what he meant. And I don't know, you know, that we need this thing. Better mothers, we just might need, you know what I mean? To understand what our role is and the particulars that God is in the empowerment that he has given to you as having the spirit of a mother.
partners with God. You see, it was Moses' mother that was given credit for his character. Because it's what you do at home, not at community, that shapes the child. Our perimeters need to be wide and broad as we are starting to talk about, you know what I mean, uh, foot soldiers for Jesus Christ. But family is your gospel field. It's your gospel field. There's room for it all, but not at the neglect. Of your gospel field. Yes. You know when it says train a child in the way that he should go. I mean... We got to give our children a spiritual legacy through the impartation of truth and God's presence. It says when you rise up, you need to talk about it. When you sit down, you need to talk about it. No matter what you're doing, you need to talk about it. And it just seems like mothers are gifted to talk. <laughs> I hope that doesn't get me in trouble. They're just better at it. Yeah. They're the communicating, you know, arm of the family structure. They understand what the child is saying even when he, he or she isn't saying anything. They get it. It's okay, Dad. Give her the room. See, warrior moms, championship moms, they straighten the crooked. They sand the rough spots. They sharpen the point. And they make sure they understand what their purpose is. If you don't believe so, just ask my son. It's never done. Did your mother ever say anything to you once in a while, Doug? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's, it's okay. Come on. The reminders, the fresh reminders. 
know, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you heard it, but you're still not doing it. <laughs> so they're going to keep, you know, sanding it. They're going to keep straightening it until it, you know what I mean? Till it's right. You never throw up your hands. Children are only with us for a season. A season which sometimes minutes are eternity. But years are simply a blink of the eye. Where's it gone? Where's it gone? No matter what it looks like, you have not lost your influence. No matter what it seems to be, you have not lost your power. You just need to stay steady. Because she shall rejoice in time to come. Proverbs 31. (laughs) She shall rejoice in time to come. She leads by example because lessons can't just be verbalized. They need to witness it. They need to observe the grace. They need to see the mercy. They need to see the love. Yes. Here's a quote. A man loves his sweetheart the most, his wife the best, but his mother the longest. There's something impactful about mothers. Because she holds their little hands for a while, but she holds their hearts forever. And that's not just cute, but that's the truth. If I could hear my mother's words again. If I could hear her tender voice and then. How glad I would be. And then I can't remember the rest of it. Yes, moms, moms. In the building of this kingdom, children, (coughs) kingdom driven families. I choose this morning the story of Mary and Martha for a moment. It's a story of not choosing between good and evil because that's easy. But it's a choosing between what is good and what is best. 
You know the story that Martha is certainly commendable. She's a doer. It's a story about balancing in life, and I discovered this. It's not a story about saying serving is bad and sitting is good. No, because there are times when serving may have been the best action. But in that moment, in that time, at that moment, Jesus was saying, I'd rather have devotion than dinner. She wanted to serve dinner. Jesus wanted devotion. Because by sitting at the feet of Jesus, she would find that presence, that rest that only comes spending time with him. So in your altar building, repairing of the altar, make sure that it's not always dinner. That there is some devotion. How can you know if you've been caught up like Martha? Busy, but inside running on empty. Well, probably the same thing that happened to Martha. A little anger. A little frustration, a little resentment. The way people are acting around you. They're not acting the way you want them to. You're running on empty. Rest and time with the Lord. Ask my son to come if he's here someplace. Oh, there he is. All right. Used to have him sitting back there. Our battle today isn't a war of swords, shields, and arrows. It's a fight for the next generation. The next generation. And how important that mother spirit is. Because of the 10 million single mothers, three out of four of those single parent families are headed by 
you got it. Would you agree with me this morning? Maybe not. Don't answer this. <laughs> what happens in the cradle and the kitchen will prove to be more controlling than what happens in Congress. The power. Why am I a Christian? Why do I believe what I believe? Why am I strong today in face of it all? It's not because Congress passed the right law. It's because mom and dad wrote the right law in the heart. Amen? Yeah. It's true, church. Moms, your power. And that's where it really starts. It's not in the president's pen. It's in the pen in the family. Now, the good news and the wonderful news and the exciting news is you have a home field advantage. You got a home field advantage. If you're acquainted with sports and anything like that, you know everybody's trying to get a home field advantage. God has given you a home field advantage. Take advantage of your home field. Stand with me. Oh, hallelujah. God has given you an edge in life. God has given you an edge of life. You're the first one to hold that child. You're the Congress of your own house. It's okay to pass some laws. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Come on, Glade, isn't that right? It's okay. Thank God. Mom and Dad passed some laws. Yes. I want to commend the parents of, of this church. Seriously. Some of them, your kids are still young, but some of them, you, your kids are, are, are growing. You know what I mean? And the, their arrows are still 
running straight. Some maybe have diverted off. But the truth of the matter is they're still being haunted by what you told them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's still protecting them. It's still making a, you know, a, a reserve in their life. It's being effective. That mother spirit has a way of being able to impart truth with such gentleness, you know, with such care that it melts the hearts. You have a home field advantage. And I want to move just a little bit, just to, to include the, that spirit of mother that has reached into the marketplace, and that reaches into the marketplace. Proverbs 31 says that she reached into the marketplace in amazing ways. Amazing ways. So if God has taken you and put you as a woman in the marketplace, don't be afraid and ashamed to let the spirit of a mother at times be what is foremost and front, really. You have a cheering section. You have a cheering section. According to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, being surrounded so by so great a cloud of witnesses. Oh, hallelujah. And I think in that, if I know history in, in, at all, it seems like the bigger percentage of those in the stands are women. And they're Come on, moms. Come on, mothers. Come on. Come on. Come on. You can win. You're winning. Yes. Let's give mothers a cheer this morning, shall we? <laughs> Come on. Woo! Let me tell you. What's the percentage of our Sunday school teachers? It's not a put down, that's just, that's just a roll. That's the role. That's 
the roll. You got to roll. It says, when wisdom began to build its house, it hewed out some pillars. One of those pillars is the spirit of mom. The spirit of mom. God bless. Mom. Champion. Hallelujah. Motherhood. Wherever you go. Because God has went ahead and delegated and designated and divinely appointed your role. Hallelujah. In life and society. Amen. Go with God because he's going with you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.